1: What is up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. Also of Dogs 24-7, we're breaking down Georgia, Arkansas. Last time we're going to talk to you before toe meets leather at Dooley Field inside of Sanford Stadium. Uh, Number two versus number eight. This is a much bigger game than many really thought it would be coming into the year. And uh, we can't wait for it. We, we absolutely cannot wait for it. It's going to be a lot of fun to cover. And uh, here's what's on the agenda, all right? We're going to talk about kind of Arkansas. And what about Arkansas should Georgia be concerned about going into this game? Uh, we're going to talk about maybe the general thoughts going into, uh, going into this matchup, maybe a key matchup or two if we have time to get to it. And then on the second half of the show, we're going to make our picks, both for the score and player of the game rusty lead us off here if you're georgia what about this arkansas football team where is you the most
0: barry odom and what he can do defensively um how he can make you be patient and just kind of i think kirby smart said it best saw kirby smart say yesterday that that barry odom makes you play left-handed he makes you play uncomfortable uh i thought that was a great uh you know way to say that And, and uh You know, I still, I've said it on a couple of podcasts this week. I think it's critical that Georgia is able to run the ball and establish that because it takes Arkansas out of a big part of their game plan. That's dropping coverage, trying to keep everything underneath. That will not let you throw the ball deep. Uh, Really want to funnel everything underneath. So. You know, for me, it's Barry Odom. Uh, I think Kendall Briles is a great OC. I think he's a young uh, young mind that's really developing at Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson, quarterback, 250 pounds. We talked about uh, how healthy he is. That worries you as well. But for me, simply, it's Barry Odom and what he can do schematically on the defensive side really, really uh, to cause some issues. But I think Georgia can negate that uh, by simply establishing a run and getting Arkansas out of their kind of comfort level and what they want to do.
1: Let's take the always dangerous angle here and get into the inside of the mind of Kip Adams. All right, what what do you think Georgia should be most scared of?
2: Yeah, I'm scared to even think about what's going on inside this head. You know, uh, everyone talks about Traylon Burks. I mean, he's a potential first round talent, so obviously we're you know he's going to be discussed throughout you know the pregame. He's going to be a featured part of the offense. They're going to try to get him the ball. But, I mean, he's not the only reason Arkansas is third in the country and first in the conference. And I think they're almost 18 yards of completion, which is just outstanding. You take him away, their next four pass catchers, I mean, Tyson Morris, Devion Warren, Warren Thompson, A.J. Green, those guys have combined for 26 catches, 426 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, that's over 16 yards a catch. It's like 16.4 yards per catch. So – Burks is not the only explosive option in this offense. And I know that, you know, Jefferson's completion percentage hasn't been high, but, I mean, they they hit on those big plays down the field. And I think it's one of those situations where – you know, he could continue to get better, you know, each game that goes along. And this could be that game. I mean, he has other weapons out there that he has hit for big games so far this season. It's just been, you know, Burks has just been that that big money receiver that, you know, that, that number one guy, you know, one of the more talented, maybe the most talented receiver in the conference this year so far. So I think that we're going to, you know, Burks is going to get bracketed. I think Georgia's is going to make sure that, you know, that he gets taken away. And, and I think that if that happens, they still have other guys who can make big plays in the passing game. And if that happens, it really opens things up for them. So I think, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that it cannot be overlooked and Georgia's defense has to be ready. And they have to, you know, they have to be able to handle the other guys in, in that offense so that. You know that aspect gets taken away if they're in those third down situations. You know, if you know, I don't expect the their ground game is going to have a huge game, but I think you know they're going to get chunks of yardage here and there. You got to make sure these other guys do not beat you. If you are going to go, if you are going to bracket Burks and try to take him away, that's going to lead to some one on one situations with the other guys I mentioned. And so the rest of Georgia's, you know, the back end of that secondary, they have to be ready to cover these guys and step up to the challenge.
1: Yeah, Kip, I think that's a really good point, especially when you brought up AJ Green there. I mean, listen, he had a big play against Texas AM, and you know, that was a a clinic on how not to tackle. Okay. They they that was awful, but he still got that speed. He's still a mismatch for every single linebacker that's going to try to cover him one on one angles and all that stuff's important. I look back to the last time Georgia lost a home game. The only home game Georgia has lost since the start of the 2017 season, I'm pretty sure is South Carolina, and what was what fueled that? It was turnovers. Georgia turned it over four times. Well, if you look at the SEC, and this is with Georgia not really, you know, being challenged the last three weeks, they've turned the football over. To, they, are, they are tenth in the number of turnovers given away, okay? Georgia's in the last kind of third of the conference there, on the fringe last third of the conference, in the number of turnovers they've given away. That's not good. Arkansas is in the top third at taking it away. All right. So to me, and and honestly, you know, if you look at it from a from a coaching lens, it scares you even worse because you don't really know what to do about it other than coach fundamentals because you don't you can't harp on it too much or you kind of instill some fear. And you can't harp on it too little and and let the guys play loose because I don't know if your, you know, psyche will even let you do that. So I, I just – I look at this, and if I'm Georgia, one of the things that that Arkansas throwing out that umbrella and Barry Odom allowing – you know, dropping eight guys into coverage, dropping seven guys into coverage allows him to do is you, you complete that eight-yard hook route. When that guy turns up field, you've got one guy securing the tackle and you've got four guys yanking at the football, okay? And to me, that's something that Georgia really has to be mindful of in a game like this, and it's something that I think can derail Georgia's chances – quicker than anything else. And it's it's almost, I get it, you know, if, if you're listening to this, well, of course you worry about turnovers. But it's just the style and the effectiveness that Arkansas has, has shown in, as far as creating them. And it's their style of defense that kind of, you. you like I said, you look at it. You, I mean, listen, you, you may get that easy six yard out, okay? You may get that easy, you know, slant route. But at the same time, there's going to be a lot of guys because there are a lot of guys dropping into coverage. Who can rally to the football and get that thing out. And that's that that's something that, that if I'm Georgia, I'm concerned about. And, and and something that the players themselves are gonna have to be really mindful of in terms of protecting the football, covering it up when they get into the traffic. And uh as odd as it may sound, go down. Get get on the ground when when you know you're trying to fight through four guys. Uh, you know, those are all things that that I think that that Georgia's gonna have to be mindful of in a game like this, because like I said. Turnovers can derail you quicker than anything else in a game like this. It's the only time Georgia's lost the game in the past four years um, at home was when they turned it over four times. And uh, I think playing a clean game here um, makes the outcome almost elementary in some ways. Uh, key matchup, Rusty, just real quick before we jump into a break because we've got a little bit of time uh, before we get there. What is what is one area you're really looking at as far as this game and and something that may be able to decide it?
0: I think the interior defensive line for Georgia. I like the matchup there. Georgia's interior guys, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and Devontae White versus their guards. Their two offensive tackles are are really, really good. Uh, so they're going to be able to handle their own. I mean, Nolan Smith, Adam Anderson, those guys got their work cut out for them. They're going to have to, uh, you know, stay after the quarterback to, to get that big man down. But I, I think the matchup I really like for Georgia, is, is Jordan Davis and Devontae White and Jalen Carter versus those interior guys. The center's a little bit banged up as well, I heard. So, you know, when you're banged up and you're about to lock horns with Jordan Davis for, for four hours on a Saturday, that's not the best-case scenario. But I'm going to tell you this. I don't, know, um, I don't know right now if a defensive lineman in the country is playing better than Jalen Carter. I mean, when you really watch what he's doing to people, how he gets off blocks, penetration, even the safety against South Carolina, the first person that was in the backfield. Now, he forced a quarterback up in the pocket to Jordan Davis, and that's what you're wanting. But the initial penetration was Jalen Carter. I mean, this guy's a five-star. Um, I've said it before. I thought he'd be the first player drafted out of his signing class at Georgia. I still think that uh, this guy's an NFL first-rounder. When time comes for him, and uh, he is playing lights out. What he did last week against Vandy a couple times, I mean, it was – I mean, for lack of a better term, it was a safety issue. I mean, he was hurting people with some of those hits he was putting. And when that guard hit him and squared him up, I want you to watch that play if you guys got a chance to go back and watch. You want to see somebody get off a block, watch him disengage from that guard and hit that running back square in the backfield. That is picture-perfect interior defensive line play. Uh, The guard came off, got his hands on him. He takes his left hand with a shiver and basically just throws him to the ground and goes puts a big hit on the Vanderbilt uh, running back. So I really like that interior matchup for Georgia. I think it's going to be key because you want to keep KJ – you want to keep Jefferson in the pocket from inside out because you feel like your edge guys can hold the edge and be able to chase him down. But if he gets up the field north and south, that's where he hurts you with his legs as well. So, you know, from a Georgia angle – I really like where Georgia is on the inside versus the interior guys of Arkansas.
1: Rusty, I really – I think that's awesome that you pointed that out. Not necessarily about Jalen Carter, who is doing it with power. He's doing it with finesse. He's, I mean, arm over arm under, you know, bull rush, just throwing dudes around. He's doing it every way. But that whole inside out thing is – it's almost like against a guy like K.J. Jefferson, you want your – you want your edge players – kind of working upfield in a controlled way to keep him in the pocket. And then you really want to turn loose and actually rush the passer with your interior guys and kind of put him in a bind where he's got nowhere to go. Uh, Otherwise, like you said, you step up into the pocket and, and then he's downhill immediately against your linebackers against you know whoever and you saw that even after he got injured last last week against Texas A&M there was a play where he got struck before the first down marker and drove for the first down that power that ability to glance off tackles and, and pick up the extra two or three yards after contact is what makes him such an effective runner Kip what is your key matchup in this game?
2: Well, I think that you look at Georgia's offense and obviously, you know, it's it's been the Brock Bauer show so far this year. I mean, you, you look at Arkansas's defense and the guy that's kind of stood out, you know, maybe an underrated guy for them so far has been their nickelback, Greg Book Stringer. It just seems like, you know, he doesn't really have. Uh, a weakness that stands out in this game, you know, kind of similar to, I mean, Latavius Brinney, a guy that's played the run well, played the pass well, been good in coverage, but also, and then they, you know, they've brought him downhill. They, you know, he's actually made some, some tackles in the backfield as well. So he flies to the football. The thing that kind of stands out to me though, I mean, you you look at Greg Brooks and also the two safeties. They're all about, you know, 5'10, 5'11, I think, I think Brooks is not even 190 pounds. the uh, The two safeties are about 200 pounds. This is a situation where Georgia's tight ends in general can really, really attack these guys. And I mean, again, when the ball's in the air, I think you got guys like Brock Bowers. You know, you have John Fitzpatrick, and if you have 10, 15 snaps with Darnell Washington, uh, those are mismatches that you can exploit. You know, for for big gains, and also just at the same time. If you have Fitzpatrick and Washington out there, you know, they're setting the edge. You know, they're throwing some some blocks in these guys that kind of, you know, loosen things up a little bit as well and, and make them, you know, maybe think twice about, you know, coming downhill and, and trying to attack the run game too. So I just think that that size advantage could kind of, you know, it could really, really – help Georgia in the second and third quarter if this is still a football game to to really exploit them and, and, and get some big plays in the passing game whether that's underneath or down the field I just think that I'm watching Greg Brook, Brooks jr. to see you know if they attack him and, and and how he responds to that because he's played pretty well but he hasn't gone up against some of the guys that Georgia's going you know have out there in the backfield and the tight end position so I think he might get tested a little bit in this game. I'm looking at Georgia's
1: offensive line versus Arkansas's defensive line because to me, that's, you know, that's Georgia's silver bullet in this game. Win that matchup, you win You win this game because I, it's going to absolutely floor me if Arkansas is able to come out and run the football consistently. It's going to absolutely floor me if they're going to be able to protect the passer consistently through four quarters against this Georgia defensive front. Georgia's front's that good and, and, um, you know, I think Arkansas's offensive line is good, but Georgia's going to overmatch most offensive lines with its defensive line. But on the other half, we've got an offensive line here in, in Georgia that that, we, that we've watched and we've been kind of, you know, maybe getting after them a little bit, right? They've gotten a little bit better each week. And I know the competition is, is, is iffy, whatever, but I thought they played actually really well against South Carolina, against a very talented South Carolina front. Um, with some, I mean, you got guys in there like you know Jordan Birch and and uh, Bari and 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 you know several other really good players. So when I look at the when I look at the Arkansas defensive line and everybody talks about the three man front and things like that, yeah, I mean that's great. But if Arkansas can control the run game with a three man front, it gets real hard for Georgia. If Arkansas can get pressure with a three man front, it gets. I mean, you're talking about you know, trying to climb a mountain here. And as far as scoring on that defense, and then you really have to lean on your own defense. But on the other hand, if, if Georgia can get it clicking in both ways, if it can protect and if it can run the football, this is, that's Georgia's best chance to kind of, Really make a statement. I would say. I mean, you go out. There, Georgia comes out, wins the line of scrimmage on offense. They make a statement to the entire country. They they start to validate those who are saying they think they, that Georgia's the best team in the country. And uh, that's where I think the key matchup is because that's the silver bullet. Georgia wins that one. I I'm talking. We can talk win probabilities all day. I'm taking ninety nine point nine percent win if Georgia wins offensive line versus Arkansas's defensive line. Let's take a break here, real quick. On the other side, we got picks.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kip,
1: what's the spread as of right now? Do you, do you, have you checked on it today?
0: It
2: hasn't changed. It's still 18 and a half and nine, depending on which service you're going to, which which sports book. It's ha- it really it's bounced back between those two numbers at almost every sports book throughout the week. So that, that tells you that again, uh Vegas either, you know, knows something or they're trying to get everybody. I mean, they definitely know something regardless, because they always do. But that that's what the line tells me that you know they they expect Georgia to win or they expect a lot of people to put money on Georgia to win. All right. So with that in mind, Rusty, eighteen
1: points. Georgia is favored. Ooh, Tell we're not you picking, how, we're not how picking you see it. No, no, we're not. <laughs> picking, no, no, we're just picking a score. Hey, you, you got to get you got to give us a score. So, I, I, technically, we are. Yeah, I'm picking, so, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. How do you think this one's going to go? And obviously, score and player of the game.
0: Um man, I really truthfully have thought about this game more than probably any that we have done in a long, long time. Um, you know, you, you sit back and look at everything and you, you go, I get back to one thing, you know, th- this has kind of been the message from Kirby Smart, Dan Lanning, you see it on all the social media. You're either elite or you're not. And the, the, the message has been pretty clear from the national media and everybody and what we've seen that we believe this defense at Georgia is elite. And, If you're going to do – we talked about this in Nashville last week. Um, We tried to do a podcast from three different stories. Uh, Jordan did a great job getting that in. But, um, you know, we expected if Georgia was elite, they were going to come out and dominate Vanderbilt. Well, You know what they did? They came out and dominated Vanderbilt. If this defense is who we all think they are, uh, I think they're going to shut Arkansas down. I just really do. I think Arkansas is going to get a play here or there. I can't see Arkansas – I can't see Arkansas without some turnovers, without a pick six, without a fumble, you know, picking up, carrying it, a punt return, something crazy. Um, I just don't see Arkansas scoring enough to make this a four-quarter game. I certainly expect this to be a game at halftime where everybody's sitting around going, man, this is a physical football game. Uh, Both of these teams are getting at it because they got way too many seniors. This is a confident football team at Arkansas. Um, you know, I, I just think that Georgia's is going to find a way to make some plays late in this thing to, to make what I think is probably going to be about a 24 to 10 game. Uh, maybe they score a score touchdown late and make it a 31 to 10. And, and, and for the other people that have other interests in there, you know what that means. That 21 would cover. So I, I'm going to predict Georgia 31 to 10. But I certainly think this is going to be a game all the way into the fourth quarter. Um, and Georgia finds a way to pull one out here late. Are we doing player of the game now, or are we waiting? Yeah, ahead, let it go. rip. Let it rip. I, I, I'm going to go with James Cook because I think that James Cook is a guy, I think we'd all agree. We all Any one of us could have picked James Cook. I just went first. Uh, I think James Cook is someone that's probably, if calls Barry Odom some, some night, sleepless nights, because he knows you want Georgia to check everything down. Well, the problem with that is, When you check down to an athlete like that, your backers better be able to get there and better be able to get him to the ground because he's got some juice to him. He looks better than he has in a long time at Georgia, even between the tackles. But running in space, uh, James Cook, I think Kenny McIntosh is an underrated player. So I'm going to take James Cook with a principle that he's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of targets. I think JT Daniels is going to take what the defense gives him. And Georgia's gonna say our athlete is better than your athlete in space. And I think James Cook finds the end zone maybe once, maybe twice on Saturday. I'll go Georgia 31, Arkansas 10.
1: I tell you what, man, I don't know if y'all have clicked over to the comment section.
0: It's It's on fire. It is on fire.
1: fire. Thank y'all so much.
0: I'll clear one thing up. Somebody said Jalen Carter, will he come back? Jalen Carter has to come back next year. Yeah. So Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter's coming back to the University of Georgia next year. That, he that he set cool. out. You know, he yeah, set out and trained. Don't put, that, out there, into he, the don't put that voodoo on them. <laughs> the, best, the best comment over here, I forgot. I, I apologize, but he said Bojangles needs a spam biscuit. So I, I I thought about that for a minute. But the comments are on fire, man. Love it. And uh, rest assured that Jalen Carter will be back next year. He is a second-year player yeah. at the University of Georgia.
1: But, yeah, thanks so much for all the comments, guys, all the predictions and stuff. Man, that thing's on, on fire. I, I, For some reason, I just clicked over, and I was like, good gosh, I had to scroll for a while to kind of get there. Uh, Kip, what what
2: prediction, score, player of the game? First off, shout out to rainy. I see you, Dookie, on there doing your thing. Um, so, this game, I think the first quarter is going to be fascinating because all the discussion has been about how Arkansas, they've outscored their opponents 34-0 in the first quarter – you know, let's not forget that Georgia's outscored its opponent 70 to six in the first quarter this year. So I just think that, you know, the both teams have, have really come out firing, you know, definitely the last three, four games. And that's what really brings up the noon game, the kickoff to me and why Kirby, you know, he told he totally called out the fan base to, to really show up because one thing that stood out to me with Arkansas is penalties. I mean, they're, they're, they're like 12th and 13th in the conference as far as penalties and penalty yards. They've averaged like nine penalties over 78 yards a game. I mean, that's, that's 122nd in the country in both categories. So you see that and you can understand why Kirby wants the fans in the stands early and loud. He wants that to be a factor in the game and it, and it very well could be. So, I, you know, that, that kind of stood out to me. I think this is, this is kind of a battle of third downs this game. I mean, Georgia, has been converting almost 54% of the third downs. They're like ninth in the country. Well, Arkansas, they're 10th in the country and they're normally the SEC in third down defense. They've only allowed like 27.9%. So, I mean, that's going to that is going to be the the tell of the game is, is how Georgia does offensively on third down, but then again, if you look on the flip side, you know, Georgia's twelfth in the conference or in the country, and number number two in the conference, right behind Arkansas. They're only allowing twenty eight point two percent. You know, as far as offenses to convert on on third down, and Arkansas they're only converting thirty five. I mean, and so they're they're like ninety third in the country. So that's where I think this game is going to be won. I think Georgia's going to head into next week number one in the conference in third down defense after facing this Arkansas offense, and and and. Having three and outs, getting the you know getting them off the field, and that's where I think the difference in quarterback play is going to be very apparent. I mean, KJ has had some some strong games. Obviously, the size his is Billy's a runner. He's got a big arm, but Georgia's got a quarterback that's completing over seventy six percent of his passes right now, and he's going to be the one that makes plays when Georgia needs them most. I don't think Arkansas is going to be able to pressure JT, and I know that we've talked about you know, their secondary or, you know, Arkansas's defense really opening things up for Georgia's ground game. I still think it's going to be a situation where JT Daniels is going to be able to to take what the defense, you know, gives him in this, and he's going to have an opportunity to, to really hit a lot of guys underneath. So, you know, I got Georgia kind of going away with this thing in the third quarter. I got them winning 33-13, and, you know, I, I thought about this. And like Rusty, I thought about James Cook because I think Arkansas's linebackers are really susceptible to explosive plays out of the backfield. But two things. One, James has mostly been kind of a dump-off back as far as the passing game so far. And two, anytime we pick James Cook, it's the kiss of death. You know, uh, I think uh, I tried picking him every other game last year and it never worked. So that's that's why why I'm not picking him. I, I think he has a big play in this game, but I don't think his body of work will be enough. I think this is the ladd McConkey breakout. Oh, Lad McConkey! I, well, I, I mean, think, what,
0: last I, week
1: a breakout game, he had two scores. No,
2: no national stage, uh, but that's the thing. Everyone said it was Vanderbilt. You know, I'm talking about the opponent. I'm talking about a top ten matchup. You know, Georgia's passing game has these freshmen. Obviously, Bowers has been in a huge impact so far. I think this is a game where Lad McConkey. You know, just by volume, he has a double di- double digit reception game and you know maybe a uh, uh, 12 catches for 128 yards and a touchdown and really really helps Georgia continue to move the chains you know in the middle of the field gets a score as well and you know maybe has a return as well but i think you know that that underneath passing game i just think that that they're going to do numbers in that aspect, and I think it's it's really going to allow a guy like Lag McConkey to to break some tackles and kind of make some of these defenders, uh, you know, make a couple guys look foolish in this game. I know Kierish Jackson continuing to get more involved in offense, but you know, Lad, Lad's shown it already. He's shown that he's capable of making the big plays, and now he's going to get the chance to to prove himself against a quality SEC opponent and a game that everyone's going to be watching. So. I got Lab McConkey's my player of the game, and uh I don't think he's gonna let me down. All right. Those are really good picks. And I I'm gonna have to
1: kind of go back on something I did earlier this week. I did a QA with Trey Biddy over at Hog Sports. Great man. Love that guy a lot. Know that know that he uh, covers Arkansas as well as anybody. I told him in our QA I didn't think Georgia would cover. I saw a double-digit victory, but I didn't think Georgia would cover. I've changed my mind on that. I think Georgia is going to cover, and uh, I, I think this is a game where I just think it's a bad matchup for Arkansas. I just think it's a, at the very least, an extremely tough matchup for Arkansas because I think if you want to be super successful, if you want to be really successful against Georgia's defense, you got to be able to stand in You got to be able to protect, stand in the pocket, deliver the football, and while I think I've got a lot of respect for K.J. Jefferson and I think about a lot of teams are going to have a hard time trying to defend him, I think Georgia's kind of uniquely qualified to to um, to st- shut down the power run game from a quarterback, to shut down a power run game from a running back, and, and I really like Georgia's matchup there. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, I think Georgia is going to have to be patient I'm really interested to see how Barry Ed Odom goes about this if he tries to go the Clemson route and control the run game with two high safeties or if he's gonna try and go the route that the three teams have done since and kind of sign their own death certificate by doing so which is flying up and trying to play the run first like Mississippi State and Cincinnati did last year that's been that's been something Georgia has' eaten up the past three games I mean they've they with explosives, uh, with the right calls at the right time. Todd Munkin's ready for that. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to play it. But but I do think that Georgia's going to get it figured out, and I think their defense is going to give them time to get it figured out. I see a slow start. I see Georgia kind of picking it up there. And I almost wanted to pick Zamir White for my player of the game, but I'm not going to pick that. I, I do think he has the best game out of the running backs because I think Georgia's going to get the run game going. But I'm going to pick player of the game before I pick score. I'm, I think it's Jermaine Burton. And the reason I think it's Jermaine Burton is because I think he's Georgia's best run after the catch receiver. And I think whoever is going to break out in the passing game, I think he's going to have to catch it, break a tackle, make a man miss, and do something with it that way, as opposed to running by the defense, finding a whole lot of running room downfield, uh, you know, biting off 15 yards with the catch and then 15 more with the run. I think that's Jermaine Burton's type of game. And Dante Green, okay? Okay. I saw your comment in there. I agree with you. Jermaine Burton type of game. I'm taking Georgia 28-6. I think Georgia's going to really shut down Arkansas's run game. I think Arkansas's going to be successful, especially early on, kind of limiting Georgia. But at some point, I think Georgia's going to find a soft spot. They're going to start exploiting it. And that's going to cause Arkansas to maybe make some adjustments. Georgia adjusts with them and, and eventually kind of gets there and, and, and gets to where it needs to go. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we uh before we let these these folks go and get about their day
0: no um, it's, it's some great comments man i mean I, I think that uh you spot on there jake with it i think we all are under the impression right here that this georgia team is everything that we think it is and especially defensively so i, I i'll say this one thing i didn't mention i don't think any of us mentioned it's extremely hard and i don't care who you are it's extremely hard to get up two weeks in a row. And don't think for a minute that Texas A&M game didn't mean a ton of things. Absolutely. For those guys. That game was a massive implications. All those kids, a lot of kids on the Arkansas team that didn't get recruited by Texas A&M as well. Uh, so that it, it, it's extremely hard to be that juiced two weeks in a row. And that's something else I want to kind of mention, kind of I f- felt like it's in Georgia's favor. Um, Georgia played Vanderbilt. I don't care what they said. Those kids knew. Arkansas is coming to town next week. Georgia's had their, this game circled for a little while. And when they beat AM, and it ramped things up. Next thing you know, game day's here. Um, you know, everything on that side of it kind of favors Georgia as well.
1: No doubt about it. That emotion is is huge. And, uh, you know, I think – you know, I, I may pick this one a little differently, to be honest with you. Not necessarily who wins or loses, but the score, if if they weren't coming off such a slobber-knocking, you know, big-time win – uh like that I want to remind everybody listen if you're watching this and you haven't subscribed do it hit the subscribe button comment join in here with us we want to have a party in here uh and uh and get it going but uh for this episode of the junkyard Dogcast, i'm jake Rowe with dogs 24 7 they're kip adams and rusty mansell from the same place and you all take it easy